0: this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that they practice every day that allows them to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leaders teaches the value of being a mentor to others and how this in return has added significant value to their lives. This simple technique is one that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Carrie Curry, owner of Curry Buick in Bloomington, Indiana and Chip Helm, returning guest for Everyday Leaders from Cook Medical are my special guests today. We're recording from an environment that is near and dear to their hearts. As mentors, they have added significant value to the students of Kelly School of Business. I wish you could all be here with us. We're looking over the beautiful Indiana University campus and recording live from the Kelly School of Business Executive Boardroom. Everyday Leaders, 50 and 50, show 23 starts now. Today we have, on Everyday Leaders, two community leaders in Bloomington. I am so excited. We are at the Kelley School of Business. And so graciously, I have Carrie Curry from Curry Buick and Chip Helm, one of my other guests from Everyday Leaders, is rejoining us. And they have a lot to share with us today. So today's program is going to really celebrate these two leaders in Bloomington as community leaders with the Kelly School of Business and we're going to share with you some things that are happening next week, which is their book signing event at Truffles. And so we'll post all of this information, but after the show, get connected. Come next Thursday to hear and meet these guys. So Carrie, welcome to your first time on Everyday Leaders.
1: All right. It's a privilege to be here. I love being in this building. Kelly School of Business means a lot to to Bloomington, to uh, both Chip and I, I know. and uh, it's it's great to be doing this right here.
0: It's a privilege to be right here. So much history. And I have to ask you, I was going through, uh, Carrie's book has been out six months. It's called An Unlikely Discipler. And we're going to talk about what the contents in this and what his life has meant through all of this journey. So yes, the Kelly School of Business is so critically important to Bloomington and what you've done in your reputation here. So thank you for joining us. Oh,
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, And Chip, here you sit in all of your red and glory for Cook Medical and IU. Thank you for coming back as, a, as another guest at show 23 for Everyday Leaders. You have some exciting news to share with us on your two books, not just one. You had so much content that they asked you to do two books out of this.
2: Well, first, let's talk about being back together. (laughs) We haven't met and seen each other for years. So just being here in person with you, Melanie, is worth it. Okay, so let's just get it over right now and just tell you right now, it is the most fun just being here with you. And secondly, it's really my honor and privilege to be with Kerry. He's such a respected businessman in the community. Uh, Gosh, he sells all the cars that Cook Medical uses. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has been a real supporter of Cook Medical for many, many years. So I I just can't feel more honored to be here. Um, The excitement? Oh, I don't know. It hasn't hit me yet. Yeah, I did two books. What the heck was I doing writing two (laughs) books? Uh, I didn't realize it until just a couple months ago that I got a phone call one night. They said, Chip, I think you're going to have two books. You've actually bore a couple children. I said I can't have children anymore. So what the <laughs> heck are you talking about? And they talked about the two books and said we can really split it up. We really feel like um they're going to be good easy reads and we feel it's really important to go this direction. So yeah, uh all of a sudden I go from a potential I'm not I don't really feel like a published author until I see those books. The first time but i go from an author of one book to two books so it's really it's been a great journey
0: that's so cool you guys are in this newlywed phase of being authors which is so neat to share this journey with you and chip your books are called the first one is everyday sales wisdom for your life and career and the second one is bigger than sales how humility and relationships build career success so what great information for you to be teaching everyone as you both have been so involved in the Kelly School of Business here and influencing all of the attendees that come through this university. So, you know, my mentor, John Maxwell, teaches leadership is influence. Right. And that's, you both have tremendous influence. So I cannot wait to share the rest of your story here today. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, and <clears throat> so Carrie, I wanna get back to you and I want to start off usually with the history. Sounds right? good, okay. So I got connected to you, as Chip said, through Cook as I worked at Cook for 10 years and had a wonderful car supplied by Curry Buick. And, and so I started reading this book and connecting to your story of your history and your parents and what you learned from your parents and how that influenced your life. And I really want to understand more about your mom She had a huge influence in your life.
1: She really did. Um, And and one of the reasons I wanted to write the book was because of the longevity of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been in business now 103 years, which is just kind of unheard of. And that doesn't come easy. As you know, talking to a lot of people, um, a business can typically survive a second generation. A third one's pretty risky. A fourth one, which I am, is an anomaly. And it takes a lot of work. But my mom was a huge support for me in a, in a different type of way. My dad mentored me in the business, but my mother encouraged me to follow my dreams and pursue my passions. And I think that's what's maybe been one of my successes, is that I didn't lose touch of you know, being who you are, being comfortable in your own skin and then going out and making that happen wherever God puts you. Mm
0: -hmm. So he put me in a car dealership. It's a huge message because as we originally talked um, a few months ago, you know, and I said, hey, I'm doing this project. And you said, well, how, how would I be connected to that? And then when we started learning more about each other, it was really important to have you here to share your message about leadership.
1: Well, I appreciate
0: that. Uh, because you um, you've got that from your mother, but then you also have mentored all of these students that have come through the Kelly School of Business. And and there's such a unique message there of you were given really for the, the family, the car dealership, but you have done so much personally in a unique way in the community. Um, so that is to be very highly celebrated, uh, and your book really tells a lot about that.
1: Well, I believe that you know and no matter what you do you 're called to serve back and give to others and I think that 's my wiring mm-hmm. and i 'm in a business that maybe isn 't always looked at most favorably, although i 'm proud of what I do and i 'm proud of the way we operate and our values and our integrity, but I also believe in giving back mm-hmm. and this IU campus is is where I feel like I can have the most impact walking beside college men and spending time with them. And every journey's different. I know that you've read the book, so you've read some of the uh, uh, guys' stories that um, mm-hmm. uh, have been told. And um, I grow and I learn as much as probably they have through the journey.
0: So, and I want to go to Chip real quick sure. because when he came on the program, he talked about you know, the sign that he has in his office. And what does that say, Chip?
2: It says, what have I done for the DM today? And that's our salesperson. You know, without having salespeople, we wouldn't have positions. It's kind of like Carrie uh, too. If you didn't have those employees and, and if they don't have employees, you don't have customers. And it goes, it goes hand in hand. So, yeah, it means everything to me. Uh, if we don't treat them right and take care of them and mentor them and coach them, then there's no reason to have a business without having – uh, good salespeople.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what your books are really going to highlight, even though we haven't read them yet. It's kind of a secret. They're coming. <laughs> it's, a huge,
2: it's a huge secret. You know, <laughs> I, I, I got to keep it under wrap, you know, for another week or so. No, I mean, my my, my books just deal with humility. And then that, that's the whole premise of everything mm-hmm. is how you treat people and treat people like uh, you want to be treated and, and do things with kindness and do things with a right heart and a right intent. Uh, it's a lost art out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it needs to come back and, and have more, uh, leaders and more people like Carrie and, and hopefully someday I'll be considered something like Carrie. Carrie's been mentoring for a long time, been working with students. He's forgotten more than I probably know in my lifetime, but, uh, I hope to get there someday to really continue to coach and to teach and, uh, and just, uh, actions do speak louder than words.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think one example of that is something from your book. Uh, Carrie, and it talks about when when you were trying to decide how to pay the salespeople, right, right, and you and you just kind of sat down and said, "Well, what's what's going to work?" So, how did that happen? Talk us through that. Well, I
1: think you know that people are skeptical about being paid on commission,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that means that that means a lot of things to a lot of people. But my job is to pay my people for doing what they're supposed to do, and that's to serve the customer help the customer, and I'm even going to use the word love the customer. Mm-hmm. People can buy a vehicle anywhere. But the, the experience that they have is what I want to, to be at the top of the, of the charts. And so if, if, if an employee is worried about commission, they're probably not focusing on the things that are truly the most important. Mm-hmm. My job to pay my people. If they perform well for me, if they serve my customers well, if they treat them well, then I'll pay him, and I'll pay him fairly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and you really described Can I interrupt you for yeah, a minute? you can.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you no, know, Bill Cook said basically what he just said. He mm-hmm. didn't like the word, the term commission at, at all. all. He felt like when you used that term, you were crossing a line, you were overselling or you were selling a bill, a bill of goods or you were selling something you shouldn't be selling you weren't caring about the patient and the customer and what really what mm-hmm. they really need but he did not we we grew up in the cook medical system that that commission was not the right word to use but i agree but you do want to pay fairly properly and take care of your mm-hmm. employees because if you take care of your employees they take care of the customers mm-hmm. right
0: it's all i think you both just touched on something which is huge in leadership is mindset And you have the right mindset to be able to take care of the situation and make the right decisions based on what the opportunities are instead of, you know, a lot of companies out there are really highly paid commission. And that's that's what they think about first. Right. It's I'm going to do this activity versus this one because I'm going to have more money to save for vacation.
1: Right. But But, as a as a business owner, I don't want to be wondering what my people are doing to earn that commission. mm -hmm. I wanna go to bed every night knowing that my people are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So, redesigning the pay plan, which was unheard of in the car business, I think probably most car dealerships still pay on commission, was different, but it's worked for us.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so great. That's such a great example of how you have changed this community. So thank you for that. Thanks. That's, that's really why it's so connected. You know, we're all connected. That's my company, Make Connections for Life, because I believe everything that you do affects everything in your life. The six degrees of separation is becoming two degrees. We have so much information and technology, and it's so important that we stay true to our unique purpose and fulfill that. So, um, Chip, I want to ask you a question. That we talked about. Have we asked this before, yeah.
2: are we going to duplicate things or are you going to ask <laughs> no. me something new? Good.
0: No, okay. it's crazy because okay. when when you decided, you know, you were so involved with the Kelly School and you came up with these two book I well, this one book idea and that came into two. Mm-hmm. And and you don't only focus on IU Kelly School of Business. You go to other places. And so what's going to happen is how are you going to have enough time because people are going to be you know, asking for you to come and teach them these lessons in these books. I know you go to Ball State and you go around um, Indiana, but have you thought about how this is going to change what you do today?
2: I haven't thought past today, to be honest with you, the way my life is crazy, everything is happening so fast and so quickly uh, for me. Uh, I do know I want to continue to teach and to share um, you know and get out there uh, i don't know i have a day gig uh, i travel a lot right now i'm actually doing something really special right now i'm working with the veterans mm-hmm. in the va health system uh in the country and it's uh it's very humbling to walk into VA hospital so i have to spend a lot of time out there but I have prayed about it and I'm gonna to continue to try to do everything I can to go back to Ball State, to come over to Kelly, to go to Indiana State, to go even if I had to take my own you know, personal time off, mm-hmm. uh, I'll do it um, if I had to take weekends. But yeah, I, I know change is coming hopefully it's a good change. Uh, and I hope to be able to share more with a lot more, uh, people.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to, it's going to get out there and Carrie, your book's been out for six months, right? right? And, uh, and so it's really important that people understand about these. This is why the purpose of this, we tried to do this on father's day weekend to do the podcast, but you just recently, your son got married. He did. Yeah.
1: And, uh, I've got a daughter, so I'm pretty, pretty happy guy right now. And, uh, couldn't, uh, uh, be happier with my son's decision and the the way they um, led that relationship up to marriage day. And, uh, it's exciting for me. So yeah. You sorry. Watch it
2: though. Cause Carrie's going to end up living with him as close as he is with his children. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get away from him very far. What I've read recently, he, he and his kids have that strong of a bond.
1: Being an empty nester has been tough. I will tell you, our youngest son is a freshman at Xavier in Cincinnati and, uh, Taking him over there last year was a little hard for me, I will tell you. Mm-hmm. But we're getting adjusted, okay. and all is good.
0: So you're learning, right? We're learning. It's kind of that you don't you don't know what to expect until you walk through it. Right, and, and
1: it's like a book. Every chapter is going to be a great chapter, but they're going to be different. They're going to be different. So... That's where we're at right now, but it's good.
0: So how is this going to stretch you? We talk about this law of the rubber band that I always talk about and stretching yourself. Now you have this daughter, right? And you can never go back to what you thought before. you It's no longer just the two sons at home. You're stretching yourself. So what's changing for you the biggest, do you think? What do you feel?
1: Gosh, I just see more opportunities, which is kind of crazy because at a time in life when probably I should be slowing down. Doors are opening. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I wrote the book for a reason. I wanted to to tell the history of the business. And then the second part of the book is really that tension between ministry and the business. And then the third part is really the discipleship mentoring part. Mm -hmm. So having written the book, I had no idea that there would be so much interest like Chip is going to find. and, And like you have found by talking to people, that people really are interested in investing in lives and walking with people and making a difference. So, um, I guess my stretch is, I didn't know what that book was going to create, but it feels good because I feel like it, um, it comes along beside people and helps people. Mm-hmm.
0: It's coming from your heart. You're just speaking through these words on this page. Right. And, and I think that's important because as Chip's learning, right? So his books are just coming out. So people are going to start reading them and hope we'll have them at the book signing next Thursday. And, and so those words are your soul, right? Even if you've had somebody help edit the words, you're still the one that crafts it and says, this is what I believe people need to hear. Because you've learned something. You're you these mentors to people in the community. So talk to me about mentorship. When we talk about mentorship, your mother was a big influence on you. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about mentorship, Chip, and how, you know, what you see as your role at Cook. But, but the other things in your life, your kids, you know, and the things that you're doing now to kind of help the VA and help all of these customers. Uh, how do you see mentorship? How is that changing for you?
2: Let you want me to go first? Go ahead. Well, first of all, let me change it up a little bit about mentoring. You know, I talked about a lot of things the last time we were together, uh, but I didn't bring in my mother and father. Um, and my dad was a great mentor to me. Um, you know, he's the one that I told you that day when I had to make that decision to leave dental school. I didn't realize I didn't have the hand-eye coordination. I had to write that note. And we both cried, and, and I had never, never seen my dad cry. So first of all, from that standpoint, the mentoring he gave me. But... I had never talked about my mother. My mother never met a stranger. Well, they, that's what they say about me, I guess. That's good and bad sometimes, <laughs> never meet a stranger. <laughs> because sometimes I give out a little bit of TMI, which is called too much information because I just wear everything on my sleeve. So, you know, what uh, you know what you see is what you get. And because I am honest, as day as long, but my mother had a tremendous impact on my life. And she was a social butterfly. She was the one, but she was smart as a whip. And, I, and I'll leave her like this, my... My uh, uh, father told me a golden rule. Uh, actually, my both of us said both of them said to me, he "said marry someone brighter than yourself." If you do, you'll stay married for a very long time. Well, I did. I married a woman that uh, is, you know, I actually married ten times up as well. She's a lot smarter, so you know what the heck. And and I have great three kids uh, to uh, out of that. So mm-hmm.
0: that's wonderful. Thank you. And and I know we had touched on that after the podcast too. We said, oh, we really wanted to go even deeper. So. It's great to revisit that, um, especially Father's Day weekend. It's just evolved, and we really have reflected in a lot of ways on who has inspired us, right? Because we're always changing, and we've got to move forward. So,
2: Happy birthday, Sam. It's actually my son's 20th <laughs> today. I just thought hey, about Sam. that, too. But uh, I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast. You know how kids are, but I'll, uh, I'll pay him, too. <laughs> hey,
0: podcasting is the new thing for all the younger generations, right. so That's right. <laughs> they will So, Carrie, talk to us about you've mentored over 75 students that have come through here. And how was that when you first started versus today? Because we talk about, you know, these concepts of failing forward and having all these fears of do I have value to add to others? Um, But tell me, lead me through that process a little bit.
1: Well, I think right now for that 18 to 23 year old, it's tough. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of expectation and so when they get to IU, I think that there is, there is a time that they feel like they have to have everything figured out and figured out now. Mm-hmm. And that's really a myth, you know, life is a journey and there can be changes on the journey, but I think people need to be affirmed that their dreams are worth pursuing and to be authentic to who they are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, as I say, the expectations are, are tough out there and the stress. So, um, I've talked to you, I know, about the journeys have been all different, Mm -hmm. and they have been. But uh, my first connection was with a a little five bike team. Uh, One of the uh, young men on the team wanted uh, uh, me to mentor slash disciple him. And from that, it just uh, multiplied. Mm Other guys on the team would contact me. And so I go, started going on these individual journeys and some of the journeys were about, uh, uh, vocation. Some of them were more their spiritual life. A lot of times it was about relationships because they're experiencing those and trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's walking and not judging. So, um, that has been amazing for me. And then there's that sad moment when they graduate mm-hmm. and I send them out and I get to watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's incredible, uh, to hear about their lives and the, and the direction that they take. And Chip and I were talking earlier, I've officiated several of their weddings, which is always, I'm, I'm always shocked when I get that call, would you do my wedding? But it makes me realize, you know, that time must've mattered. Mm-hmm. It must've mattered. And, uh, I'm not an expert, but I will walk and I'll listen and i'll give perspective, and you know I've had a lot of life experiences, mm-hmm. some I probably wouldn't want to share on the show, but those experiences have given me some wisdom to to uh to uh, give them mm-hmm. and maybe say, hey, "You know that one road you're starting down, I've been down that road, didn't have a very good ending, mm-hmm. so let me get you back on track here and 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 that's really what I do there's no secret recipe.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's so neat about both of you having having very unique stories, but talking about, you know, your family's had maybe a plan for your future, and you've both done it in a very unique way. You've still stayed true to honoring what your family's thought, you know, your capabilities are, but you said, you know, like Chip, hey, this may not work out, but I know that I can be great in this. I have so much potential to lead others in my energy and my sales and my connection of people. And so that's really important for people to understand because as they go through college, it's, I am supposed to have it figured out at 18. I filled out the applications. I'm here it's stressful, it's competitive. And everybody, you know, I talk about all these leadership principles and one of them in chapter one of the 15 invaluable laws talks about comparison gap and people that, you know, they come through life and they're always comparing their lives to everyone else instead of finding that inner spirit. So I hear you, I hear you both talk about that and it's so critical that people realize it's, um, it's okay, right? To follow something that may be different and just to keep at it and find mentors like yourselves to help them through those, those questions and those processes. Right, if
1: you're always comparing, you're never gonna be satisfied. Never gonna be satisfied. So uh, that's a real myth. You know, I wanna be like, you may wanna emulate some of their qualities, you may wanna draw from some of their strengths, but you need to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll find more success and more satisfaction. And I like to use the word joy in doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. So Chip, the quote that comes always to my mind when I think about you is my- Oh name. my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Chipism, ism but, <laughs> <Not sure. Okay. laughs> but you know, Maya Angelou talks about, it, it doesn't matter what you say, people forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. And I think your books, I haven't read them yet, but I know, I know you, I've known you for a long time. And I know that you, your power of, you know, taking someone through the sales journey and saying, it's not just about sales, what I'm going to teach you is for your life, because you put people first. And, and so I know you say you learned this idea, you you've always been about this, but how does that just kind of come through you?
2: It's probably because I've always been really, real passionate. I fell in love with what I did or do um, 32 years ago. And so I always say if you fall in love, you never had a job. I don't think Carrie's ever probably had a, ever had a job in his life. Because when you fall in love with something and you want something so badly, you're not going to let yourself fail, first of all. But you just end up having such a passion and such a love for what you do. And so I think that just drew me in and kind of got me started. And then I figured out that, you know, in life, it doesn't matter what you do in life, everyone's in sales. It doesn't matter if you're in IT or supply chain or, or in cars and whatever you do, you still gotta communicate with people, you still gotta work with people, you still gotta think about other people's needs first. If you do that, it, it comes back to you at ten tenfold but I think it goes back to being really really passionate finding that love of what you want to do because as far as I'm concerned money didn't drive me 32 years ago and doesn't drive me today Mm -hmm. you know I figured if I need things I'll get it but if I love something so badly and so much it will all fall into place but if you just treat people the right way and do it with the right kindness and you can still make the toughest decisions in life and you can make it though with the right heart and the right intent you can you know, and I just don't believe that we, we've got to move more in that direction of how we uh, treat people mm-hmm. from that standpoint.
0: We've really gotta just continue to develop leaders, You know, and make people feel confident that when they get into their own businesses and their own futures, that they're gonna be able to take these these principles. I mean,
2: Kerry said it best. I said it at the end of the last time, and I'll say it again, he taught me a principle. I never looked at it that way. If you treat your employees like you want them to treat the customer, you got it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's pretty simple principle because as good as you treat them, they'll turn around and they will treat the customers the same way. And I, I don't know if there's anything more um, poignant or more, I don't know, more important than that, than that statement. I mean, that says it all, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
0: It does say it all. And, you know, so many people when they talk about I'm going to start my career in this, you know and you guys look back all these years and say well you're kind of in the same areas you're in the same positions you're doing you're influencing the same group of people but yet you've grown so much in credibility and leadership qualities in your areas of expertise and so it's really important people today you hear a lot of millennials talk about hey, i am going to keep a job for a few years right and and i can change and and I get on LinkedIn and I can just find the next job that I want to do. But what's the message for people today that are 18 to 21, 22 in college, right? What's that methodology? What's that mindset that you t- tell them to be able to just find that success?
1: I always tell, tell young people, everybody's got to work for the most part. Mm-hmm. And when you get up in the morning, I want you to be excited about going to work. When you find that, you've probably found the job that's gonna work for you. Mm-hmm. It may not be the title or the company that everybody aspires to be at, but maybe everybody that aspires to be at that isn't happy at that company. There's so many myths out there. So we all have to work, and boy, if I can get up in the morning and wanna be there and wanna be a part of that team and believe in the company and their values, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That, that really is huge.
2: It is also okay to drive those goals and set your goals up, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you may go north for a while, and all of a sudden you have to turn upside down and go south. Mm -hmm. It's okay because the sun does get up the next morning. The sun will shine. I think what people got to understand that in all my 32 years is I've never seen too many things that have, you know, that you just take a deep breath, get some sleep, get up the next morning, things will look differently, and it's not that big of a deal. Outside of a death in a family or something like that, something within your family, nothing is that serious, nothing is that bad, that you just cannot work through it. And uh, I think the kids need to understand that because you need to have goals in your life. And I want to see the young kids and the young students drive themselves toward a goal, but it's okay if something all of a sudden changes and their goal changes, they'll still get up the next day, The sun will still rise and it will be okay.
0: It's a great teaching on Mm -hmm. reflection, right? Just to understand and be in perspective of really what's around you. We have so many kids that I coach and teach that are, they go through this depression, you know, and it is about comparison like you talked about, Carrie. And and so helping them gain that confidence to say either in sales, it's your life, it's your career, connect to people. And I believe that. And so that's, So important that we continue to spread that message. And I
1: can give you a, uh, what I think is a really good example of that. My younger son is a freshman, as I said. He's passionate about history. He wants to go into teaching. However, he's heard from a lot of people, oh, you don't want to be a teacher, teachers don't, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him, and Julie, my wife, looked at him and said, James, if you're passionate about it, the world needs great teachers. But tell me one person that you know whose life hasn't been changed by a teacher. I can't think of anything better. If that's your passion, go for it. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad think that's the greatest. But I think kids have to hear that because there's other messages out there that might negate your passion. Mm-hmm. So I think listening well, understanding you know what what gives you energy and what you're passionate about, and then go for it. Everything will work out just fine.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you look at your mentors, you know, we talk about maybe five key people. Some people call them their board of directors. Has that changed for you? Does that constantly change for you? Or do you have a, a, just a finite group of people that you can go to, to to kind of, you know, resolve conflicts about, you know, where you want to go next? And how, do you, how would you recommend for people to kind of choose those individuals in their life?
1: I think finding people that will ask you the tough questions. <laughs> so for me, w- no matter what it is in my life that I'm, I'm working on or a situation uh, that I'm struggling with to find a clear answer, I want to be in front of the person that's going to ask me the hard questions <laughs> because I know they love me and they want me to make the best decision, whatever the, the situation is. So I've got, I've got mentors, business mentors, a couple of those. I've got spiritual mentors. Because, you know, I, I, I actually believe that my business is a ministry. Mm-hmm. So um, having those people in check that will keep me in check is probably the most valuable tool I have.
0: Mm-hmm. And, that, and that if people have not experienced that before, that can be scary because it's I'm going to be held accountable and I may not like what they have to say sometimes. Right. right, and I
1: and I don't have all the answers, nor will I ever. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, uh, I even brought it today, there's a Harvard, Harvard Business Review about the incomplete leader. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you have it, because I think you'll enjoy it. But no leader is complete in every single area. So we surround ourselves with people that compliment us, mm-hmm. and we surround ourselves with people that will grow us and challenge us. And I love knowing that you don't have to be everything and no one's probably going to be everything. And if they think they are, they're probably missing a lot of things. So, um, uh, I think that's helped me.
2: Yeah. you know, I
1: need mentoring for therapy.
2: Okay. I need mentoring for therapy. So let's Is that just say, why you first of all, me? that's why, that's why I call that's you. That's why we're really and here that's today. Why, you know, I need therapists and, and it's no, you know, I'm, I'm kidding aside, no kidding aside, but but you know mentors you know don't find you you find them and and a couple of little things about mentors is how serious are they okay i always believe a mentor will go as far as even trying to open a door for you when they get to that level you know that's really mentoring it's not just listening it's just not hearing you. it's just not giving You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But if they're really serious about caring about you and loving you and want to help you, they will try to open doors for you. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens when you open a door? Well, they can't do anything else. I mean, we can't do anything else. Then get your butt in that door and fight like heck and try to get it done. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's the door that needs to be opened. I think mentors have, in my opinion, have the duty if you're going to be a mentor you want to take it to that level at least get that door open and then once the door's open there's nothing else you can do they have to push through it but going back to the therapy now yes uh probably one of my mentors that i in the last 10 years and i probably is my wife i mean my gosh she's taken me off ledges uh and off ladders and probably you know have kept me semi-sane um, so yeah, it's interesting about that too, in a marriage and a relationship, and you know, you're, no one talks about, sometimes they don't talk about your, your spouse being a mentor, but she's been a tremendous, tremendous mentor for me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really nice.
2: Ditto. I quit smiling so much. <laughs> Carrie's over there smiling. He's either agreeing with me. I know with your me, wife really he's well. He's either agreeing <laughs> with me or, or he's uh, he doesn't know his head from his hole in the ground, but <laughs> either way, uh, we're going to have fun.
0: But you know, that's so true. Because it's the people that are closest to us and watch us go through the ups and downs, right? It's, it's all about this intention that we have. And if we are true to ourselves, we're going to have more happy days than sad, but you have to have those people around you to kind of put you back into perspective. And so I want to lead right into that and talk about trade-offs, you know, because you're very, both very intentional about the things that you've done, but Can you talk to us a little bit about things that you've given up to get where you are and that were that were good decisions, um, but that were tough decisions?
1: I've always put family first, so I haven't neglected my family and that a lot of people probably do with business. I I would say business wise, I've given up uh, conventions, trips. that I I have grown another leader that can do those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel that my time is best here at my company, on campus, my church responsibilities, and my family. So younger, I went to every convention, every meeting, I felt like I had to be there. I saw that that wasn't the best situation for me. So I wanted to be sure I was growing leaders that could go to those things, Mm -hmm. represent my company well, and bring back the information and share. And I think that's empowering. Mm -hmm. You've know, you got to empower leaders within your company to handle things because you can't do it all, nor should you feel that you should have to do it all.
0: Mm -hmm. And so a quote in your book was your dad said that he was convinced. That you could take over the business, right? So he gave you that kind of baton. I don't know what his dad was thinking, but <laughs> let's
2: keep, keep going.
0: He gave you that baton. And then on page 66 in your book, <laughs> no, it's not actually on page 66, but there is a place in here where you talk about turning the baton over. Right. Right. And and encouraging these leaders and going to Las Vegas and, and lifting people up to the point where you've built their confidence to say, I believe in you. And sometimes that's all people need is that... I believe, and I want you to believe as well, because it's a great journey if you can. You right,
1: know. our job, Chip's job, my job, um, business owners, business leaders. We are needing. We need to build the next generation leaders. We need to invest in them, and we don't need to be intimidated that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I always look at it this way, and I don't mean it morbidly, but if something happened to me tomorrow how do I feel like my business would be? Mm -hmm. And I think I can look at you right now and say, I think it would be fine because I've, I've invested in these people and I believe in them and I love them. And it's okay if they make a mistake or two, because that's how I learned from my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most uh, valuable things he told me is he said, you know, you're going to make a few mistakes, but you'll learn so much from that and you'll teach others. And, I've kind of taken that principle and moved it forward. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's so important that people um, can give that opportunity, right? Because there are a lot of companies out there and yours is really a legacy. Yours is a generation and generation and generation of legacy here. And so it's important you're right in the heart of Bloomington and the credibility that the dealership has and all that you've done to give back. So, Thank you. It's, it's, so, it's so cool that we're here together. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, this is a surreal moment, you know? I'm going to really enjoy this forever. Um, so, Chip, you talked about yes. trade-offs, but um, tell us a little bit from a sales perspective, being in a corporation and the things that, you know, that you, you have to teach about trade-offs. I know you probably go into this in your sales books, but...
2: Well, it's an interesting word because I don't know if I've ever really given anything up. I look at it as stages of your life or stages of your business life or your, pers- your work-life balance. It's kind of more of a work-life balance. And I remember back in the heyday when I first started, I was out every week. I was meeting customers. I wanted to work hard. I was traveling. And I'll be honest with you, if you don't have a good sound home life and you have someone there behind you that supports you, that understands you and says the words, go ahead, It'll be okay when you get home. The door won't be locked. You can still <laughs> come through the door. Uh, we'll be okay. I understand what you're going to have to go through, especially through stages. So there's different stages I talk about in the books, like you go through stage one. And then stage two is when you've been out there for a while, for many years. Maybe you go back and get your degree and your MBA. And, and then you start being able to schedule um, all the kids' activities around work versus your scheduling work around your activities. And then you go through another stage where you're you're set and you've and you're experienced and you've been out there for a while and you understand things and you can do things from a distance or you can delegate or you have you've put good people in good places and and the business can run without you and and you can feel honored and and that you have people in the right places to do the things they need to do and you're there more for guidance you're there more for a sounding board those kind of things then you go through the entry stage life, like uh, Karen and I are going through, <laughs> except I have a great Dane, so I'm not sure it's an empty uh, <laughs> life, because it's completely, but you go through that, and it's funny about that stage, you almost go back to stage one, because you are together a lot more, you've not got to talk to your spouse for the first time. When the kids leave, that's not always easy. But the bottom line is that you can go off and do other projects now. You can take over more things. Actually, sometimes either she's pushing me out the door or I'm pushing her out the door because we also want us to continue to grow Mm -hmm. and to do things that you want to do. And I don't think age is, uh, I don't know what age is. I think that you can do anything you want to do as long as you want to do it. And I think that uh, people need to understand that I think uh, experience is very, very key. And Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be careful what we ask for sometimes in companies and places. You forget about the people who have the experience. Uh, And uh, that goes a long way.
0: Yep. Sometimes you get more than you bargained for, right? When you think, I want to make this trade off, but you have to really think into what are those changes going to look like in my entire life? How will it affect my family? How will it affect the things that you guys have talked about, which are so important for new leaders, new people, you know, that are younger than us coming up in the world of it may look good, but you know, in the end, if you look back five, 10 years from now, is that really the right decision? So um, well,
2: it's not going to matter what Carrie did does in life running a car dealership it's not going to matter what I do. It only matters if he's a good father, if he's a good husband, if we're both you know caring people i' no one's going to care years from now if i or who I work for cook mm-hmm. medical what or mm-hmm. who it's more about what kind of person are you mm-hmm. and were you
0: mm-hmm. it's it's just uh, it says a lot about your character and that's another real leadership quality that we talk about building that ladder and that legacy. Um, contributing back. And Carrie, I I mark this in your book because, you know, I'm all about connecting and this power of influence. And you have just a little chapter in here, and it, it talks about staying in touch and how important that is. And you've talked a little bit about that, you know, with people calling you back and saying, hey, will you do my wedding? But that's a heart thing. That's touching the heart before you ask for the hand and in any leadership. My Angelo, John Maxwell, Max Lakoto, everybody talks about this concept. And that's why your dealership is successful, because you have touched all of your employees. Uh, and that's, that's a critical lesson that people need to learn.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting you use the word touch because I think in the book I also say that every day I try to touch every <laughs> employee and then you know you go oh my gosh what what is You're he like, doing? I didn't really say that. <laughs> now, but you know people like to hear their names mm-hmm. and I think walking through the shop saying good morning and by name, stopping for a minute, knowing that yeah, one of the guy's daughters is showing um, uh, a pig at the county fair. How's that going? Just any kind of conversation lets the employee know, gosh, he knows something about me. She knows something about me. He cares. Um, I I really like to talk about my, my cleanup guys, the cleanup cars. Those are your entry-level people. I love them well because, really, it's one of the most important jobs at the dealership. Mm-hmm. You know, what they do is going to make the impression on the customer. They may feel like, gosh, I'm just entry level. My job's not important. It's huge. Mm-hmm. But they need to feel it from from me. They need to know that I appreciate them, that I care about them. And walking back through their every day and just a quick, hey. I think is is worth it. And I think sometimes we get too busy, we get too focused and we don't do some of those things. Mm-hmm. So, I try every day. I'm not perfect at that, but I try to touch my employees.
0: Mm-hmm. It's that is probably one of the biggest things as I've gone through and worked at Cook for 10 years and now have, have been a medical for I say 25 years, <laughs> long time.
2: You're saying your age but, right now, okay?
0: <laughs> this is 50 and 50, okay? <laughs> this
2: is 50 and 50. <laughs> but, think about
0: that. <laughs> but that's what I learned early in life too, um, family being in ministry. And, and it's, it is about touching that heart, and you can make such an impact in anything that you do. It doesn't matter what your profession is, what you choose to be. If you really want to make that personal connection with, with someone else, that you say, I care about you more than I care about myself right now. Right. And I want to know what's going on. And can I be of service? Right. It's that servant leadership attitude.
1: Right. And, and with the, uh, you know, with the college ministry that I do and the, the, the discipleship mentorship, a lot of the times the guys will ask me to pray for something. I got to follow up. So when you said staying in touch, you know, the cliche answer is I'll pray for you, mm-hmm. but that's not that's not the right thing. The right thing is to definitely do that, but then follow up. And how are you doing? And continue to make those touches. And I think that shows them that I really do care. And I do. Mm -hmm. I do care about their lives. If they've been uh, vulnerable enough to open up about whatever's going on, then I owe them what I say that I'm going to do. And I keep a lot of notes. I keep a lot of you know, journal notes to go back and, and just follow up. And it can be a quick text. It can be a quick email, but letting them know that, you know, what's on their heart right now truly matters.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and I love that you said that and going right into Chip's sales philosophy, Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about this, but you know, I'm, I'm one just the standard practice, having a meeting, writing a handwritten note, you know, besides an email, besides a text, that personal connection with someone to receive a card in the mail and it's handwritten it's you took the time you didn't just text it on your phone or send the email in the car you had to sit down and really think into it and think about what you wanted to say and it's there forever but everybody that I've talked to too in this leadership program they have a drawer (laughs) you know they have a place that Cards that have been sent to them. They go to that place when it's been a bad day, so they can reflect on the good things, because <laughs> you need that. Right. Um, but but Chip, it is important, and you've talked about that. Is that I know you you can't tell us all your things in your book yet, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, it's key.
2: I've never stopped reading a handwritten note. I may not read a lot of things during my time, but any time I've ever received a handwritten note from somebody, I've read it. And here's what else I do that I respond and I write back a handwritten note. But I think it's the most one of the most fascinating ways of communication and probably the most ones that impact people when they receive a handwritten note. Because what that means is, is that means they really do care. They took time to think about their thoughts and they cared enough about you I want to go back to what he, I, this mentoring thing means a lot to me. And I think it ties right back into him. I just want to go back to what Carrie said about touching someone every day and getting, staying in touch and following up. That's what I mean when I say open that door. Mm-hmm. What happens in mentoring, people stop mentoring. And when I say they stop mentoring, they're not following up. It's not consistent. Mm-hmm. and And when you're consistent and you care and you're continually checking up, and you're there for someone, that's the definition of mentoring. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it correlates to what he meant to say. And what I'm trying to say is it kind of connects hand in hand. You've, you can't stop mentoring uh, those people just because you had one lunch or one conversation yep. or you felt like, hey, did I answer your question? That's not what mentoring is all about. Mentoring is do you take this whole journey with this person and hopefully this person is is one of your friends the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That's so, you you just said the key word, consistency, right? It doesn't matter what you do. I think people that get into sales say, oh, I've got to be the life of the party. I've got to be the one that's always, you know, in the front. And it isn't about that. It is about treating people with respect and consistency. The ones, it's the turtle and the hare, right? (laughs) The ones that are the most consistent are the ones that are going to have a more fulfilled experience uh, in life. So... Thank you for sharing that, because that was my next word. <laughs> and you just led right into it. Well, I
2: can't give up all my secrets in that <laughs> book, okay? But I talk about constant communication, consistent communication, and, and those kind of things. Actually, they're the there's there's three C's, but I'll even leave off one of those C's. Oh, my
0: like, God. I'm to, just re-
2: kidding. We have to read the book. You have, you have to
0: read the book. You have to read, or to read the books. Books, two books. Um, so I, um, I want to ask you, Chip about this article that you wrote, and it was just published, uh, or it's coming out, uh, for the the moms here in Bloomington. And talk a little bit about that. Lindsay Randall used to work at Cook, and so she reached out and said, hey, would you write an article about the perspective of moms and how they can connect to their kids and for Father's Day,
2: right? Well, I think it's even, you know, better. She reached out the. To- to both Carrie and I, and even though it 's a a, a mother 's website a mom 's website with kids it 's the month of June, and she wanted a couple dads to kind of chime in and, and and Carrie actually started off. I just kind of finished up and where where he started with his mentoring and, and his experiences with his uh, his kids and then I just followed behind him with tying in humility and mm-hmm. uh, you know those kind of things. We talked about money in this thing in the article we talked about a means to an end Mm -hmm. and what i mean by a means to an end is kids fear school and they go to all these classes from the time they're in kindergarten through high school and 90 percent of classes they don't like i didn't like a freaking class i ever took probably but the problem but the but the concept is if you teach your children that it's a means to an end. So the example would be if I want to become a medical profession or I want to go to medical school, you realize that most of these classes you're not going to like. That's okay, but you know there's a goal in front of you. So you've got to take these classes and you've got to perform and you've got to receive the grades to get that to the end. So a means to an end is, you know, is really, really important. So uh, you know, that was one of the concepts of, of humility, but I think it starts young too. With humility, you've got to start teaching your kids right out of the gate, you know, mm-hmm. how to treat people and treat them with respect, and look at people's other needs before your own, and give back to the community, and, and those kind of things. So that was what was driving mm-hmm. that uh, that piece. But Lindsay is wonderful. Uh, I can't speak more highly of her. Uh, she was with Cook Medical, but you know what? She did the right thing. She stayed home <laughs> yeah. with her children, but she made the she made the choice to stay home. And it's probably was the best thing that she has done for her mm-hmm. family. And like I told her, you're not going to know yet for a while. You're not going to know yet for a while. And it, it, until, but you will know when your kids get to a certain age and as they grow up, you're going to look at the, your kids and go, man, am I glad I stayed home? Because mm-hmm. you're going to see the, the the blossoming of these kids. And I think she just doesn't realize what's in front of her, and it's going to be exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, both of you have touched on that. And so how, how do you mm-hmm. know when it's the right time to you know, kind of push and get involved? And and I think a lot of parents say, oh, well, you need to stay home with your kids when they're little. And then now we've had so much in society change. Like, they need you all the time. That That priority of decision-making and what do I trade off to be able to be in my family, right? right? That's critically important today more than ever. Um, because technology, even though we're in the same room, you go to dinner and everybody's on their phones, right? They're not connected. So it's really intentionally thinking about all these, these wonderful things.
1: And I think, you know, developing an open relationship with your kids, and I know that it doesn't always work that way, but I've, I've been blessed. Both my sons, I think, will talk to me about anything. And I'll be a good listener and I'll be very careful how I respond to because I want to be sure that they know that I love them, that I I want what's best for them. But I also want to listen and understand really what's happening, you know, in their world, too. So it's it's been a great journey. The blog that um, you mentioned that Lindsay's done, uh, it gave me a chance to reflect back on being a dad. Mm -hmm. It really did. And how much I've loved every minute of it and how I'm a little bit in mourning. I think I used that word, that now they're grown. But, you know, now, Julie and I get to see the fruit of our labor, hopefully, that they become who they are, and that they feel confident entering into life, and knowing that they've got us to love them and support them no matter what.
0: Mm -hmm. So you've done this with all these other students, right? (laughs) and you've walked this path, and they reach back out and say, come back into my life. And now you're experiencing this from your own nest, right? It's just—it's pretty amazing to kind of walk through that with you.
1: Yeah, with 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 my own sons, um, (laughs) it—I didn't know how it would feel. Mm -hmm. As I say, I'm getting used to it. It's tough for the college students. I always have a handful of seniors that leave, and it's the same scenario every May. You know, I get with them. I help them pack their cars. We we talk about how what. what a great journey it's been. And, you know, I slam the trunk and I wave as they go around the corner and typically my knees buckle Mm -hmm. because it's goodbye, Mm -hmm. but it's not goodbye. It's just they're beginning a new chapter Mm -hmm. and I still get to be a part of it Mm -hmm. from, from afar or, you know, we can keep in touch in so many ways as we've talked about. Mm So, uh, it's a great journey
0: great
2: journey carrie do you ever get upset i'll ask a question now i'll be Melanie. i don't look like Melanie. No, no question about that well this just Probably came not as good just came up last do you week ever get i'm just sitting here and i just have to ask that question
1: okay you want to know the truth so don't ask me that question here's what my sons will say they go if they if you see dad upset we need to pay attention because there's something that's that's really happening. So, yeah, I do, Chip. I
2: do. Yeah. But because I realize none of us are perfect in life, but you're pretty darn close within no, the relationship no, 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 you no, have no, no. with your uh, your no. kids. No. And I and I admire that and commend me. No. I commend you on, you're on that. You're very
1: kind. Uh, the book will tell you I'm far from perfect, but I've used all my life experiences hopefully to be teaching tools for the next generation.
0: Mhm. And that's really what this is
2: about. I could do your job, maybe, Melanie. i have to think about that someday, (laughs) darn it.
0: Yes, Chip, you could. (laughs) Well, um, I want to really thank both of you so much for coming on the Everyday Leaders Program. This has been such a joy. I'm going (laughs) to cry. You've taught us so much. I cannot wait for the book signing next Thursday, Truffles, 530 to 730. Everybody can come. Meet you in person if they don't know you. Now they know a little bit about your story. They can get your books, and you can personally sign those, and just a little social hour for people to come in and meet you and, and really give back to the community. So, thank you. Really again.
1: looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun,
2: especially with you two.
0: <laughs> we have a three stooges here right now. So. That's right. But um, really, thank you for all you've done in the community. Thank you for coming on this program. And for any of you that are coming to the Leadership Summit March 2nd, these two gentlemen will be a part of this. So you can connect to them live. And, can and I say something? Yes, you still can. as we go. You absolutely and thanks can. thanks to
2: the Kelly School of Business, I think the two of us really owe a lot in a lot of ways to the school, to the students. I wouldn't be here today with these uh, the opportunity of these books if it wasn't for these students here and I'm sure he would say the same thing for mentoring Mm -hmm. but I want to say thanks to Kelly School of Business because it's taught me a lot and opened some doors for me and it's been an honor and a pleasure to come and share
1: my thoughts with them. Mm -hmm. It's great that they hosted this and thank you for gosh asking me. It's a a privilege to be here with Chip and you and looking forward to next week
0: yeah it's part of our heart you know it's there's a reason that everything's red it's indiana it's (laughs) it's kelly school of business and here we sit so great friendships for the rest of our lifetime and thank you so much
2: thank you thanks melly
0: everyday leaders 50 and 50 leadership summit is coming to indianapolis saturday march 2nd 2019 join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't wanna miss this one of a kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com thank you for following the podcast of everyday leaders 50 and 50.